Hi everyone, I'm Ginger Rousey with the UT Institute of Agriculture and you're listening to Call of the Week. Thank you for joining us. Our guest this week is Danny Morris, Area Farm Management Specialist who specializes in economics and marketing. Danny, thank you so much for being with us. You're welcome, glad to be here. Um, in light of everything that's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic, lots of uncertainty, mm-hmm. particularly surrounding economics and marketing and and just when you're out and about visiting with producers over the past few days, what sort of concerns have you been hearing? The biggest concern for most producers is the lower prices that they're seeing. Uh, most guys are, you know, say, doom and gloom. Uh, it's wet. They can't do anything else. They can't plant. So the only thing they can do is either work on equipment or sit around and look at the, at the commodity prices and everything's been down. Uh, people that do have grain still in the bin are very nervous because they need to sell that grain in order to pay off their debts and here we are at lower prices so I had a phone call yesterday from a producer that was trying to figure out a way to delay the sale of his corn that he had in the bin and he's looking at either uh, purchasing an extension on his contract because it's going to cost him to roll that grain contract from the March contract to the to the May contract he may even look at uh, rolling out to July but then again uh, part of that conversation is, well, why, why do you have the grain in the first place? Well, uh, you were trying to get higher prices, and now they've gone lower, so now they're below where they were before, where you should have probably sold ahead of time. Yeah. But uh, it's getting to the point now where everybody's below the break even. Yeah. So is this related directly to COVID nineteen? Okay. So how how is that affecting this? So the way this impacts the commodities market is a lot of our grain is exported. And being the fact that all the harbors are shut down in countries like China are not importing commodities, there's a backlog at the ports. So when you take the largest soybean buyer in the entire globe, which is China, and they put everything on hold, you see soybean prices come crashing down, and you see cotton prices come crashing down, which we have seen. Uh, In fact, if we look at soybean prices in particular, just over the last 30 days, they have fallen 79 cents on the November contract, which is new crop bean price. And that started in late January when all this coronavirus talk hit the news wires in China because it started about the last week of January and really the pandemic, as far as in the prices, and beginning of February, we started to crash out. Mm-hmm. And that fear is still in the market and it's keeping a lid on higher prices. Let's kind of break it down and look at some specific commodities, uh, okay. livestock in particular. Livestock markets are really down. And th- to me, that's surprising because we're hearing a lot of reports about grocery stores having ground beef shortages, you know, in some towns, and it's been hard to find uh, beef products. So why, why are we seeing lower prices when we're seeing this rush for beef uh, here domestically? Well, you have to think about the supply chain when you're looking at all that, because those animals were in the feedlot, sent to the slaughterhouse process, and then obviously sent to the grocery store. So that supply is gone. But then you've got all of this cattle that are out here uh, that people have kept over the winter, which is Primarily, we're getting into the peak of season, usually, and when we look at market prices for cattle, usually we hit our peak in late March and early April, and right now we're going completely against that trend because of the fear we've got in the markets. We've seen cattle prices down significantly over the last two weeks, and we've actually seen some local sales cancel because of this coronavirus. So producers are not inclined to sell at lower prices, so what we're encouraging producers to do is look at your pastures, look at your hay supplies, and look at your cost of feed, and try to get past this. Keep the cattle on the farm, delay your sale for probably up to 30 days and see if we can get back to seasonal higher prices. But it's one of those things where the fear is overriding all the economics. Uh, It's in the stock market, it's in the commodity market, it's even hit us at the livestock. 
But, I mean, until we can get past this thing, I, I would not encourage anybody to sell anything if they, unless they absolutely had to. Okay. You mentioned uh, soybeans, cotton earlier. What what about our crops? What are we okay. seeing there in the, in the crop markets? So just going through the crops, uh, December corn futures, as of yesterday's close, had gone down 33 cents, which is a huge dip. Uh, historically, when you look at corn and oil prices, they trade very close to each other, which makes sense. You've got the ethanol that's used in the gasoline blend, and if you've been to the pump, you've seen gasoline prices at very low levels, which from a consumer standpoint is good. But when we look at that relationship between corn and oil, lower oil prices resulting in lower corn prices, obviously that hurts the, the producer. Uh, and again, part of that too is we see uh, lower demand for ethanol. Uh, we've seen uh, oil companies say they're going to cut production of, of oil and try to bolster up supply or cut supplies to bolster prices. Uh, Saudi Arabia has said they're going to do the same thing to try to push prices higher. But looking at reports yesterday, uh, the reason why I make that point is looking at the reports that were coming on the news wires yesterday is that ethanol supplies are stacking up. So that means ethanol production will probably be cut, which cuts the demand for corn, which pushes its price down lower. Mm -hmm. So unless we have a really big hiccup in the production of the corn crop going into 2020, uh, it looks like we'll trade sideways until we can get past this coronavirus okay. scare. As the Chinese ports start to open back up, will we see this rebound? We will see a more rebound on the soybean side of things because we export a large majority of our soybeans. Uh, we probably export about half of what we produce on the soybean side of things, pretty close to it. Uh, we export the majority of our cotton, so we'll see those prices come back higher. Corn, we don't export as much of that as we do the other crops. Uh, but yes, we will see that once, once everybody sees that green light and business is back to normal and the figures come, yes, you'll see higher prices. There's no doubt about that. One of the things you do in your job is, is work with producers on their, on their budgets. Uh, yes. And so when you're visiting with farmers, uh, how, what are you advising them to do as far as their 2020 budgets? Are we making big changes? Are we being more conservative? What, what, what's your advice? Most, most producers have made their purchases already. Uh, they're, they're locked into a crop rotation or they're dedicated to a crop mix. Uh, you know, if you're raising cotton, you got a baler picker, you've got to have the cotton to justify that piece of machinery. Uh, I guess what I'm encouraging producers to do is we have to look at every cost when things are like this and we have to see what costs and expenses can we manage to try to increase our profit margin. Because a few weeks ago, and working with producers over the last couple of months to get their money lined up for 2020 and doing farm plans. We're using prices that are much higher than today. And some of those producers were at break even or below at current price levels then. Now everybody is uh, very close to break even or below mm. at today's prices. So no one's gonna make a sale right now. Everyone's gonna delay that. They have until harvest where they're forced to make a sale, so they have time, which is a, which is a great thing uh, from the producer standpoint. But if we can't add back the 80 cents that we've lost over the last 30 days, if we can't add back 11 cents per pound we've lost on cotton, we're still very uh, likely to see a lot of producers have a net loss on some of their acreage. If they cannot uh, uh, eke out a good yield, it's going to require higher prices and a very strong yield to come out of this uh, from a profitable standpoint. Got any good news you can share with us? Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. That would be good. <laughs> hmm. Well, the, the one good news for producers is this happened at planting season and it didn't happen at harvest. If this had happened in July to August and we were hit with this type of downturn in prices, 
time will not be on the producer side, particularly those that don't have storage. But now that it's we're, we're right here on the doorstep of spring, we're going to put the crop in the ground, we've got the whole growing season to try to hopefully see this thing rebound. Uh, and if we follow what uh, our our leaders are telling us that you know maybe this will end in July and August, that will end before harvest. One thing that is a good note in talking to some other uh, economists and listening to some analysts is that commodity prices typically rebound faster than stock prices because there's less at play there. It's just a raw commodity, it's not a company in all its financials. And that when it comes back, it'll come back quickly. And that hopefully we can recapture the majority of what we've lost once we realize this problem is gone. Okay. But the biggest question everyone has is how long will that be? Right. And Still, that we don't know. A lot of uncertainty, but that is good to know. Maybe time is on our side right now. Uh, this was your first podcast to do with us. I think you've yes. done a really good job. I appreciate you being sure. here. Uh, I will let you have final thoughts as we close out. My final thought on, on this for a producer standpoint is uh, I wouldn't be too scared with what's going on right now. There's a lot of fear in the market and there's a, there's a quote from Warren Buffett that is I think applies to this and any other trade that you make in the market. Uh, the quote is, uh, be fearful when others are greedy, but be greedy when others are fearful. Uh, for those that are, you know, spec in the market, they're going to make a killing on this uh, with everything being depressed where it's at. But from a, from a farmer's perspective, live, livestock and row crop producer standpoint, uh, time is on your side. Uh, if you have storage, you're going to be able to weather the storm uh, more easily than those without. Those that don't have storage may have to consider uh, temporary storage, such as bagging, their grain and their, and their soybeans in order to buy themselves time. Uh, farmers may look at exploring basis-only contracts if basis are at good levels that delay the delivery of grain, but then again, that, that does require storage. Uh, anything that you think that you can do to, to delay it if this thing persists on out into the summer. Because the one thing that I think producers have to understand is our key pricing season usually is May, June, July because that's when we're in the most volatile time frame of our crops growing conditions. We don't know how big the crop is gonna be. We don't know how successful the planting season is gonna be. So there's a lot of volatility there. We may not have that this year if this thing persists on out into the summer. It may put a, a cap on that, which may erase some of the profitable selling points that producers normally find themselves taking advantage of. So having some instruments that can buy yourself time at harvest, maybe something to explore, Stay in touch with your with your cotton buyers, your grain buyers, uh, and your livestock uh, markets, and just be smart about your selling decisions and don't panic and make a choice today that will probably end up costing you a lot of money if you sell at these low prices. Okay. Great insights, and we appreciate you being here. Thank you, Danny, and yes, thank you welcome. out there for listening to Call of the Week. We'll talk next week. <laughs>